tonight on Rogue Padron, Alex Reed makes Seth cry in news that's not surprising to anybody. Um, <laughs> Dexter, Dexter Jetster's kick ass, a mouse droid cameo, and Namir is the biggest grump in the galaxy. The grump of a rump. That's what he is. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 9, standing by. Welcome to season 16, episode, no, mission, mission one, episode 131 of Rogue Padron. Tonight we're starting Twilight Padron, aka we are beginning Twilight Company by Alexander Freed. That is Star Wars Battlefront Twilight Company, a Star Wars Battlefront story. Yes. By the one author we don't continuously make fun of whenever we read The one author who actually is extremely good. The only author that we could have on for a guest starring role in an episode in the future. Literally the only author we could ever invite on. We we would have Aaron, but as we all know. Yeah, Yeah, and he would have loved us. But before we jump into some sadness, let's go over our hosts. That was kind of sad. Listen, we have Ash, Rogue Nine, who if they were, if she was breakfast for dinner, she would be steak and eggs because (gasps) it's like the only breakfast food she's not allergic to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, real talk. Yesterday, I, uh, this is very like serendipitous, but yesterday I was craving pancakes real bad. So I was like, tomorrow I'm going to make breakfast for dinner. Well, Danny. intros in honor of Scrubs coming back? Yes. Perfect. Danny, Rogue Six would be pancakes because they're just nice and comforting. That's true. I love pancakes and I love And Danny. fluffy. And fluffy. Very fua and fua. better with syrup. Better with butter. Always. And syrup. Anyway. And sprinkles. Saf, and Saf Rogue 7 would be fancy <laughs> toast. plowing on forward. Yep. <laughs> because Saf Rogue 7 would be fancy toast because she's a fancy gal with avocado and cheese. I fucking love some avocado and cheese. Some smashed avo. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, fun fact, smashed we usually see avo. Seth eat toast whenever she has to make a snack and is late to the recording. <laughs> yeah. Sma- smashed avo is my new band name. <laughs> I it's like just it. a noble it's phrase. Cool. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the, the, like, three Australians listening to this podcast like, yes, it is. I don't. This one can't no, listen not. to us, right? That one ever Australians. <laughs> Heath Rogue Three. Australia is in a real place, and so things that Australians say can't be real things. That's oh, Denny, facts. that's just your wishful thinking. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> no, the things like Australians have a weird language. Fair enough. All right, all right. Heath Rogue Three, who is on leave time until Teddy learns to sleep better. <laughs> Would be a mimosa, and we all know why. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Meg, rogue leader, 
And I would be literally any dish with just some eggs on it because you could just put egg on something and call it good. Salads, grits, like whatever, oatmeal, make it savory, put an egg on it, done. Breakfast. I'm here for that. Eggs. Bam. You're an egg because you make all the other breakfast foods better. Aww. Just by being there. There you go. Aww. Aww. When you first started that, I was like, you can't just call someone an egg. That's fucking rude. <laughs> I'm an egg. I was egg. trying to be nice. Uh, I know, but here, calling someone an I egg would, is rude. So I was just like, what are you doing? Oh, but then you keep going, I and I was like, offended. oh, that makes I'm not offended if someone calls me an egg. I'm like, yes, we are all from the eggs. And they would just be like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, I would be like, ah. We were all birthed from the eggs. <laughs> That's true. That's science. It's science. Hashtag science fact. Hash brown science fact. I've science facts mistake. with Rogue Pod. <laughs> Man, remember when we had hashtags? That was the time. Yeah, that was Oh, weird. now we can have hashtags. <gasps> That's cute. <laughs> That's cute. Um, is hashtag just is... people in my mentions? Is that what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, this is completely off topic, but the other day... I was, I said a shark fact, but it was shark fact. Sharks don't have hands. And like, that was the shark fact. <laughs> that was the fact. That was the fact. You're not wrong. You're not, that's I'm not wrong. Fact. It's a shark fact. <laughs> shark fact. Shark well, there was water. that one shark, but we Which don't, shark? we don't talk about him. No. The hand shark. The hand shark. Yeah, we don't talk about him for obvious Lan- reasons. Lanny the hand shark. You don't remember Lanny? Little orphan Lanny. No. Yeah, it, yeah. It was a nickname. For, his real name was Lenard. L- Lenard, <laughs> I like the Lenard the hand shark, not Leonard. Lenard, 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 Lenard. He's a shark. He's gonna have a fancy name. Yeah, shark facts. Shark facts. Sharks have fancy names. Shark facts with the Rogue Padron. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. You want me to write a shark facts jingle? <laughs> yes. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Ash, I feel like every time you ask us if you want to do X, Y, or Z, I feel like you don't think we're going to say yes, but we always say yes. We're a yes and podcast. You're like, do you want me to do the banjo version of complicated? (laughs) Yes. Yes, we do. Please do a banjo version of complicated. Yes. (laughs) I told my family about that. Because for some reason I kept saying yeehaw lately. Um, by some reason, I mean it's quarantine for and some we're, all, reason. we're all going a little weird right now. Mm. But then I talked about cowboy dictionaries and um, granny slapping good. And they're like, why do you know this? And I'm like, oh, the Padre Lori. <laughs> Obviously. My podcast. My podcast. And then I had I to told- describe Avril Lavigne and Werner Herzog, like, compilation yeah it was good it's weird that you talk about the podcast to people in real life because that's a that's a thing that i don't do that's a deliberate choice that i've made is to never talk about this podcast in the real world there was one time at work they would never listen i i dropped into work um to like on my break like i wasn't working that day to grab like a coffee before podcasting and one of my coworkers was like oh what are you doing after this and without even thinking i was like i am recording a podcast he was like oh you're recording a podcast and i was like 
Yes. What's the name no. of your podcast? It's like, what what's podcast? your podcast about? And I'm like, Star Wars. Uh, it's called <laughs> it's called uh, Hidden Brain. It's on NPR. It's great. <laughs> it's good. I've never heard you. Uh, it's it's called you know I'm actually uh I'm actually Ira Glass. Bye, and then like run away. <laughs> See, I'm really bad at lying in real life, so, like, as soon as he asked me, I was like... Wait! That implies you're good at lying at other times! <laughs> yeah, video games. Like, when you play video games? Or... Yeah, like, when I play video games. Or when I'm playing, like, Mafia and stuff, I'm great at lying in that. Oh, okay. Or the okay. game Mafia, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not... Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like... We got there. And things, and things where you're supposed to deceive people because it's yeah. the mechanics for the when game. When it's a game and I don't, okay. I'm don't, i not actually talking about myself, like, it's fine. If I'm okay. trying to... What if like, Saf was actually part of the New Zealand mafia? <gasps> I don't think we have a mafia. You have a mafia. I'm gonna look it up. It's just, like, the <laughs> nicest mafia in the world. It is I mine. had a... I had a grandpa who I'm about 95% sure was in the mafia at one point or another. Should you be discussing out. him? <laughs> He's yeah, dead now, so I don't know what difference it'll make. But the mafia oh, no, isn't. That's, that's what they want you to think. <laughs> the mafia. Okay, isn't well, dead. enjoy Ash's last episode, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna talk about Twilight Company, or are we you're the one who has to come up with the Star Wars question, Denny? You're next. Oh, you were you were stalling. <laughs> yeah, um, this is all on you, Denny. <laughs> a Star Wars question. Um, do you remember that um, those shark people from the Mon Calamari Clone Wars episodes? I do. Yes, I was they thinking had about moods. them when talking about sharks. They did. That was weird. <laughs> did you say they had moods? No, the the females had boobs. They had flotation oh. sex. I heard they. I heard they have goo, and I was like, I don't remember that episode good enough to. Yeah, shark fact. Confirm sharks have or goo. deny. <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting thing about like, the Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars Galaxy is that somehow evolution has gone about in a way that, like, every single creature has mammary glands. Yeah. What a weird galaxy. I like Seth's idea that they're flotation sacks. Yeah. I heard someone mention it on a different podcast, and I was like, yeah, okay, that's it now. I wish I could remember which podcast. I oh, don't wait, no, I think it was the like Alternate Rogue Podron podcast. It was Wraith Podron. <laughs> the fake Rogue. <laughs> the alternate rogue padron. The fake rogue padron that infiltrated our feed last week. What a what a good April Fool's joke that it even pranked us. I like that many people like, thought our last episode was an April Fool's episode. Yeah, it was not intended to be, but it works. I had like a we solid just... like five minutes where I was like, was I aware of this happening? Did I just miss something in the group DM? Like, what is going on? When I first I... saw it come out, I was like, wait, we didn't record this podcast, did we? Did we record this? And I saw who it was, and I was like, Wait, what? And then I clicked on it. I was like, wait, this yeah. is a full-length podcast. Did they just, like, slap their intros on one of our podcasts? And then I listened to the entire thing, and I was like, what is this? So much effort went into that. Um, Yeah, I woke up, and I saw all of, like, the notifications, and I saw that, like, oh, Wraith Podgenus followed you, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And, like, yeah. for a hot, like, for a good, like, five minutes, I thought it was someone being mean, 
and like making a mean parody account of us to make fun of us. And I was like, who are these motherfuckers? And I was like, ready to go. <laughs> it is I like saw the tw- six in the morning and I'm ready to fight. <laughs> I saw the Twitter account like two days before this happened. And I saw at Wraith Podron and I was like, what the hell? Is somebody just trying to like rip us off? What is going on here? Right. Like I got mad. <laughs> I was it was like, a long con. Who is this? <laughs> It was so good. Was Will we time. ever talk about Twilight Company? <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that was a great discussion about the shark people in Star Wars. <laughs> let's let's go to Twilight Company. Speak your Twilight Company. Speaking about sharks with boobs, let's talk about Twilight Company. Let's talk about Besselisks. We are... Gexter Jetsters. We found ourselves on planet... Gexter Jetsters. Crucible. DJs. Wow. Oh my god, Dexter Jester and DJ have the same initials. Oh my god. That's so weird, Saf, because they're like your two favorite characters. I... <laughs> no, I don't like uh, this. I don't like this. It never this. occurred to you that they're the same person? They're not the same. Dexter? No. They're not the same. It's Denny. D- DJ is just Dexter Jester in a human suit. <laughs> <laughs> Where does he put his other arms? Where you don't want to know. Tight against his side. It's like a corset for his entire body. Why do you think he was so good at escaping out of that prison cell? (laughs) So we find ourselves on Planet Crucible (laughs) on day 47 of the Malkani insurrections. 13 years after the Clone Wars. But Saf, I thought this book took place after A New Hope. It does. Wait, just... I had to do math for a second. (laughs) (laughs) We meet Donan... Which isn't his birth name, but it's his name now after being inducted into the army of the warlord Malkan. He also got a blaster, a knife, and ink brands. The blaster is the most precious thing, and he must not drop it even if it starts to burn him. He's new to the army and doesn't know any of his new siblings and arms names. He's been assigned to the front because he's skinny from hunger and youth. It's a privilege of an assignment. Okay, so... Big cult vibes happening here. <laughs> yeah, big bad so vibes. So uh, culty. He thinks... Yeah. He thinks about the feast that'll surely happen when they win, if he survives the fight. He's not going to be spending any more time hiding in fear in his dad's home. When he jumps up at a sound, an older guy pulls him back and warns him not to start shit with the stormtroopers in the tower. Donan knows they're clones because his dad used to fight them. And this guy's like, we're not fighting clones right now. We're actually fighting other clans. So... Let's just do that instead. Let's not let's not mess with the clones. And Donan knows that he'll be part of this family forever. Mm. So mm. mysterious. This doesn't make me feel great. Yeah, this is a good start. A, a great start. Planet Hydoro Prime, day eighty four of the Midrim Retreat, nine years later. And now we're in the timeline. Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> so you're yeah. suggesting that this book opened with a flashback? I don't think it's a flashback if it's the opening of a book. You're suggesting that the entirety of this book is a flash forward? I am, yes. What a novel literary device. Oh, it's quite (laughs) an interesting new way of- Oh wait, no, I cannot shit on Alexander Freed. He's our one good author. (laughs) I liked it. I did not like it. I don't know why I'm being such a jerk. This was great. (laughs) Danny! (laughs) Danny! (laughs) We're just like, No. Because of the quarantine! (laughs) (laughs) The rain smells like vinegar on Hydoral Prime, and Twilight Company is thoroughly sick of it. Three of them are creeping through the streets. Hazram Namir, 
hello main character, is lean and compact with dark hair and bronze skin. That description sounds hot, but he looks like a hot mess right now. <laughs> he's hot. he's lean. That's the ma- lean is the male version slender. of slender. It, is. it totally is. <laughs> yeah, like if you're objectifying a male body, you're referring to it as lean, faux show. Right. The squad finds a pile of dead civilians, which is kind of a good sign because the Empire doesn't kill civilians if everything is under control. Namir briefly misses having a comm oh. specialist. Twilight's last one, which I'm reading this from the book, had been a drunk and a misanthrope, but she'd been magic on the transmitter and she'd written obscene poetry with Namir on l- late dull nights. She and her idiot droid had died in the bombardment of a surface, which. So. Oh, sorry, go ahead. It made me emotional, but also I liked a surface. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is freed magic happening already, right? Where he's just like, we learned so much from Namir about the fact that this is how he thinks about like his good friend who just died, it, and it's just like a matter of fact that this happened. Yeah, and also like war is this bad, folks. This character who I fell in love with with one sentence, and then the next one he killed her. Oh boy, <laughs> mm, it's a good start. Uh, I will every now and then read stuff directly from the book because sometimes it's just very important for the tone. Okay. Just for the record. Anyways, I loved her and lost her in two sentences. God damn it, Freed. Yeah, well. I knew what I was getting into. Namir gets orders to either find medical supplies or head to rendezvous. He asks if support can get hygiene items this time, because anyone smelling the barracks knows they aren't luxuries. Chummer, grey-haired and face all scarred up, finishes checking out the bodies. They're all dead. Gadrin, the basilisk, can't understand how anyone could do this shit to people. Gadrin, woo! Now it's a party. There's a basilisk here. <laughs> There's a Dexter Jetster here, and he's got four huge arms to hug people who are crying because all of their friends are dead. <laughs> I don't understand why you insist on saying a name that's a syllable longer. That just goes against everything Kiwis stand for. <laughs> what? If <laughs> we go for the shortest possible word. <laughs> Uh, Namir suggests it was droids, but Gadrin says the blame still belongs to the people who ordered it and the governor of the planet. Or city. I think it's the planet. Gadrin is still kneeling by the bodies when the wall explodes. They get to cover, and Namir orders the others into position, hoping the comms still work. He tells Brand that they need her there now, and he doesn't hear anything back. He watches as a stormtrooper fucking goons it, slipping and falling over in the mud. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Fucking goons it. Like, I know what it means from context, but goons it is just... Wait, it's, it's goons it. Why does it say in? Goons it. There we go. He slips and falls over in the mud. Okay. <laughs> All right. behind the stormtrooper with the missile launcher and absolutely crushes him with his bare hands, then be- beats another stormtrooper with his body, howling yes. with rage and or grief. Yes! <laughs> the tank of the party. I love. Then me takes Freed out just, the final stormtrooper. Freed is just throwing us right into the middle of this scene here, and like, I mean, j- much like how we had to use context to figure out what goons it means, <laughs> you just have to like use the context of what these people are up to to like figure out what is going on. Yeah, mm. it's just like I, th- I think that is the strength of this book, like as a whole, is that it's just we're just in the trenches with these characters. There's no yeah. like big picture setting of the scene. Like, yeah, I guess there was a classic. Um, Opening scroll, which we probably should have read in the voice of lesbian Mon Mothma, but we've we've just <laughs> that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because everything is improved with the voice of lesbian Mon Mothma. 
It's true. It's correct. In fact, I don't know why these show notes aren't being read in the voice of lesbian mom. Because that would but... take so much effort from me. <laughs> like, recalling <laughs> these stories from the past. She's like, oh, I have to debrief everybody about this. <laughs> <laughs> No, if so, we overuse it, it becomes unspecial. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we've got like, to save like, it for the right times. Like the horse. Yeah, like the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired of Saf's horse voice. Oh, I'm yeah. not. How do you Never. think I feel, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> please, please read this entire thing in your tigress voice. <laughs> I refuse. The Tigris voice is like a once a year occasion. Yeah, oh my god! It's extra special. Yeah, <laughs> it's once in a while. You, can have, you can have a little Tigris voice as a treat. <laughs> <laughs> so another direct quote from the book: Chalmer laughed his weird hiccuping laugh and spoke. He swallowed the words twice, three, four times as he went, half stuttering as he had ever since the fight on Black Tarkist. Keep piling bodies like this. We'll have the best vantage point in the city. Got that. Dark. I was about Mellow to be like, I was about to be like, what the heck is a hiccuping laugh? And then I was like, you have a wheeze laugh, Ash. You can't judge anybody else. <laughs> <sighs> Disability representation. <clears throat> Anyways. The locals call the city glitter after the crystalline mountains along the horizon, but the Imperials call it Hydoral Administrator Center 1 because the Empire either names <laughs> things to inspire fear or to make them sound boring as shit. <laughs> Big mood. <laughs> they meet up with a bunch of rebel squads already in the central plaza, and it's a very sad victory celebration. Namir boxes them to do something useful, and a woman emerges from the shadows. A woman? A woman. That's weird. In my Star in- Wars? <laughs> Damn it, Danny, you people. In this economy? <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> wow, it's yeah. not even one chapter in and there's two whole female characters mentioned. I it's know, amazing. Right? What, the fuck? what? This sounds fake. Okay, Seth, who's who? Okay, so... <clears throat> I'll be the narrator if you want. Yeah, be the oh, narrator. Oh, I need to... Shoot, I lost it. <laughs> Ash, you be in a mirror. Okay. So then Danny's brand... Wait, I want to be brand. Okay, you can be brand. I don't know if I can be cool enough to be brand. <laughs> All right. All these sound effects. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Right. Ash, are you ready? Yes. <clears throat> she was tall and thickly built, dressed in rugged pants and a bulky maroon jacket. A scoped rifle was slung over her shoulder, and the armor mesh of a retracted face mask covered her neck and chin. Her skin was gently creased with age and as dark as a human's could be. Her hair cropped close to her scalp, and she didn't so much as glance at Namir as she arrived at his side and matched his pace through the plaza. Step, 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 (laughs) step, 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 step. You want to tell me where you were? Namir asked. You missed the second fire team. I took care of it, Bran said. Namir kept his voice cool. Drop me a hint next time. You didn't need the distraction. Namir laughed. Love you too. Bran cocked her head. If she got the joke, and Namir expected she did, she was not amused. So what now? She asked. We've got eight hours before we leave the system, Namir said and stopped with his back to an overturned kiosk. 
He leaned against it, the metal frame. No, he leaned against the metal frame and stared into the mist. Less of Imperial ships come before then, or if the governor's forces regroup. After that, we'll divvy up the supplies with the rest of the battle group. Probably keep an exor- an ex- escort ship for t- uh, or two for the Thunderstrike before the others split off. And we abandon the Sictor to the Empire, Rand said. By this time, Charmer had wandered off, and Gadrin had joined Namir and Brand. Oh, sure, we don't have a Gadrin. Danny, be Gadrin. Uh, ooh. What does Dexter Jester sound like? I don't know. Mate. Just, what does your heart say? <laughs> we will return! <laughs> he said gravely. <laughs> right, something to look forward to. He knew they were the wrong words at the wrong time. I like I being in there. <laughs> I just want to talk about Brand because she's amazing. Gravely. <laughs> I love it. I love it because he has such a big good. mouth, so he has to have a booming voice. Yeah, exactly. it's like we don't yeah, know what it, we don't know what a Dexter Jester sounds like. You know, no. when they're yeah, how would we have any idea to know what a Dexter Jester sounds like? We've never seen them on screen canonically. No, that's not film. fair because this Dexter, like the Dexter Jester we see in uh, Attack of the Clones, has been around humans and like other people like so much that he's really had to like accommodate. Oh, he's to them assimilated because he's like he works in the service industry, right? Like. I mean, yeah. this Dexter Jester's been living around humans for a long yeah, time, too, but though. Uh, I don't know. We don't know how long man. he's been living with humans. He's an infantry That's a good man. point. He's, he's not, like, in customer service, right? So he's no. not, like, yeah. trying to, to get their money. No, he doesn't have to, like... Yeah. He's not like Admiral Akbar who has to squeeze all of his tentacles into two pants legs. Like, right. he can just do whatever he wants. He's a mil- He's, like, he's a front lines. Like, they don't really care about his life. So he's just gonna be who he is. He's yeah. not like DJ, where he has to squeeze two of his four arms into... <laughs> His human suit. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I would like to note that Brand is an ace lesbian canonically. Great. And she's cool as hell. Yay! 18, 18 months earlier, the Rebel Alliance's 61st Mobile Infantry, Twilight Company, had joined the push into the that's, mid-rim. That's, that's the name of the book! That's the <gasps> name of the book! They did the thing! They did the thing. They did the thing. To be fair, if they if they weren't able to say Twilight Company in this book... <laughs> That would be really unfortunate. <laughs> They'd be effed. Yeah. So Twilight Company had joined the push into the mid-rim, part of a huge operation by the Rebels after the destruction of the first Death Star. High Command thought it was the t- right time to take back more territory. I'm just going to okay, read this Okay, so mid-rim. Is, the is mid-rim. that like the planets? The, so there's the core where like Coruscant and Alderaan and all the like big, big planets are. And then is mid-rim like the next one? So it's kind of like the suburbs? Yeah, yeah there, so. there's a map. I think I actually have a map somewhere. <laughs> I think it's it was where in the all last the Karens Jedi. live. It was in the last Jedi Vistic, I think. But um, yeah. yeah, not quite the Karens. The Karens are still near the core. Mm. Yeah, like this is kind of more rural. Like the outer rims are like the outskirts, like the middle of fucking nowhere, and then the mid rims well, kind of like the, the more rural. What's the where's the suburbs? Regions, then, if this is rural. that's just who fucking knows what the unknown yeah, regions just, are. Yeah, they just wait. But like Wyoming. That's where Eggsicle is. No, 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 no. The unknown regions are like going into the deep ocean here. I love the deep ocean. Oh, yeah, exactly. Very. Yeah, there are so many dangers We're, there. So is Tat is Tatooine in the mid rim, or is is there another? It's an outer rim. Mid rim and the unknown Tatu- regions. Tatooine's oh. in the outer rim. Yeah. Oh, outer rim. Okay. Mid rim yeah. is like Corellia. I think. Boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunch of gamblers. <laughs> Coruscant would be like core mid rim. It's the core. Like core. 
Like everything is isn't like literally Coruscant is the core. No, Coruscant. Yeah, because it's the core to the galaxy. What? But Coruscant is like the capital of Star Wars. It's the capital, but it's not the literal physical core. There's actually why is it called Coruscant if it's not (laughs) the core? Because it's based off of a word. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> if if you if you listen to the old audio dramas before the prequels came out, it's called Coruscant. Yeah, it really depends on who. Are it. you talking about like the NPR audio drama? <laughs> no, the Dark Empire audio drama. Oh, so okay. Cool. I was like, Ash, don't you fucking dare! <laughs> I just escaped ever having to talk about the NPR radio dramas ever again. You think I'm going to bring them up in conversation? I just need to be clear. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to read this book from the book because I feel like yeah. it's important for setting the tone for the entire book. Yeah. Um, oh god, I accidentally just closed the entire page. Oh um, no. <laughs> Twilight Company had fought in the factory deserts of Forza Ged and taken the ducal pla- palace of Bamayar. It had established beachheads for rebel hover tanks and erected bases from tops and sheet metal. Namir had seen soldiers lose limbs and go weeks without proper treatment. He'd trained teams to construct makeshift bayonets when blaster power packs ran low. He'd set fire to cities and watch the Empire do the same. He'd left friends behind on broken worlds, knowing he'd never see them again. That sucks. Here we go. That's, that's grim, buddy. War is bad. War is bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've- this book really hammers it in more than most i feel like trying to give a narrative to battlefront is probably a pretty difficult thing to do like just like if the because this was the time with the first the game yeah the the first Mm. game does not have a narrative it's just like online multiplayer so Mm. instead instead of like battlefront 2 where they decided to do the whole inferno squad thing and bring those characters in and give them then like the entire point of that game is kind of focused around them um I feel like the thing to do if you were going to do anything is exactly what Freed did with this one, which is make it about like frontline soldiers because that's who you're playing as in Battlefront. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not Freed really is playing as like a narrative genius. Yeah, you're 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 like more often than not you're playing as like rebel soldier, whoever, and to give like a right. narrative to those characters is actually really cool. Mm. Thank goodness, like Freed came up with an actual story to tell here, and we were saved from just like a novelization of like. <laughs> Gamer Bro sixty nine sixty nine took his MC Luke Skywalker and ran him around and created the shape of a penis in the snow on Hoth. Hey, don't don't subtweet me, Danny. <laughs> Is your gamer tag gamer boy with an I gamer with a with a four as where the A is? Sixty nine sixty nine. Only when I don't want to be harassed by gamer dudes, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Because then you're one of them. <laughs> Yeah, they don't know. That's I'm that's why that's why it's myself. great having a somewhat gender neutral name is that nobody harasses mm. me on. <laughs> fair, so fair. I'd be like, I'd have like princess in my gamer tag, and they'd be like, oh no. <laughs> also, why I don't play games. Now, Twilight Company is the rear guard of a massive retreat because everything has gone badly. It returns to the worlds it helped liberate to evacuate bases and save who they can. It marched over the graves of its own dead soldiers. And nobody wants to do it. When the civilians came out of hiding, when the civilians come out of hiding, Twilight starts to recruit. They send out the message that they're leaving soon, and anyone who shares their ideals can choose to stay and defend, or come with them to fight. Technically, open recruiting is again through policy, but it's a tradition of Twilight, so the captain insists on it. As long as Twilight is sent into hell and survives, they will have to replenish their losses from those who are willing. 
Some people want them to leave, others to stay, and those that want to keep fighting are given what Twilight has to spare, which isn't much. Nemea gives his opinion on the new recruits, but he's reminded by Hober that Captain Hal, Captain Yvonne, Hal, when out of earshot, wants to err on the side of welcoming. New recruits have to be a special kind of crazy to join Twilight, but Nemea knows a bit of crazy isn't always a bad thing. But he does need recruits he can train, and not just people who'll go back. Who go buck wild, murdering, or running. Yes! Great! Yeah, it's like, don't good, need, don't want good standard! <laughs> the, the thing I really like about Twilight Company, and like most of the stuff they've done to kind of expand on the Rebel Alliance since New Canon happened, was that it's clear that Mon Mothma wants to be like incredibly clear cut and like full of integ full of a lot of integrity because that's how we beat the Empire. Is that's her perspective on it? But then we yeah. occasionally we will see things like the Dreamers or um, Saw Gerrera or Twilight Company or something like that, where it's like. Oh, this is what actually won the war, not Mon Mothma yeah. kind of standing and being high and mighty and being like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't have a, I love Mon Mothma, but I think it's really interesting to show that like war is not a clear cut thing of of one person is 100% morally in the right and one person is 100% morally in the wrong. I mean, we say it's Mon Mothma, but it's really, it's not. She's just held to the Alliance Council. A lot of, yeah. She, I mean, she's obviously a pacifist, but also she knows that things need to get dirty when they get dirty, which is shown through, like, a lot of Expanded Universe stuff. Yeah, fair enough, like, because- yeah. I can't get my hands dirty, but I'm not going to stop you from doing it, because I know it's necessary. Yeah, fair enough, because in Rogue One, she has no- she smirks when she finds out that Radis has taken the ships yeah. to go like, fight on Scarab. That's what she Our wanted. boy she just Radis. condone it. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's Admiral the Radish. accountability thing, right? It's the- Yeah. Well, if I- if I don't know about it, then- mm, because yeah because it's also just the the fact that they're pulling so hard to be like we're not like the empire the empire murders people the empire does xyz and so they can't publicize that they Mm -hmm. also have to do those things because like this is a war and like this does involve fighting and death and like non-peaceful measures because you have to, unfortunately. Especially because the Empire is trying to brand them as terrorists and murderers. Right, right. Yeah, so they have to keep the imagery, the official imagery of the Rebellion as far away from that as possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hober talks to the new recruits to figure out who's actually a keeper. A scrap starts between two locals being on a pale teen with red hair. Every no, time she leave that down, pale teen with red hair alone. I know, right? But yeah. every time she goes down, she jumps back up to keep going, and Namira is impressed by her persistence. He fires a couple warning shots and tells them that if they cause trouble on the ship, he'll lock them in a closet until they die because there won't be any wasted bullets from shooting them and no wasted oxygen from knocking them out of the airlock because he doesn't care. He asks how the girl is and how old the girl is and she says she's 20, which is clearly a lie, but they honestly can't be choosy at this point in time. Three hours later, Namir's squad is ordered to get outside the governor's mansion. A masquerade had been sent out with a message from a supposed rebel sympathizer inside. The message says that there are captured rebels inside the, that the person fears for, but Namir knows that everyone is accounted for, so there can't really be anyone in there. Um, Hal wants it checked out in case they grabbed locals thinking that they were rebels. He's gambling losing a squad on saving a few civilians, basically. Namir laughs bitterly and says if they die, they're at least taking the mansion down with them. The 1%. Chamar comes up with their plan to grapple in. <laughs> <laughs> Gadron tells them he will weep at their funerals, and after grieving, he'll requisition a grapple that will hold his weight. I love this man. Namir, Brand, and Charmer get into the mansion. 
Namir recognizes a bust statue of Masameda and Brand and Chama find one of Vader. Chama doesn't even stammer when he says the name. And Brand is mad that Namir doesn't recognize most of the busts, like Count Vidian. Namir says he gets it, but she knows he doesn't. They quietly make their way through the mansion, stealth killing patrols. Wait, I would just like to say that I would like a bust statue of Mas Ameda in my house, please, and thank you. Right? No! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want a bust statue of Dexter Jester. Fair enough. I mean, uh, no! No! You don't want the bust, you want, like, the full upper half so you can have all four arms. That's true. Hugs. <laughs> So you can hug. So, I want a huggable version of a Dexter Jester, yeah. like an animatronic. Yeah, that oh, I yeah. can just walk up to it. <laughs> just gives you hugs whenever you need push. it. Oh my god, I would pay for one of those. <laughs> 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 so another quote: Somehow Charmer always wound his way to the front when an ambush seemed imminent, for reasons Namir couldn't understand and couldn't bring himself to ask about. Losing his face hadn't broken Charmer of the habit. So Charmer clearly wants to be the one that takes the damage instead of his team. They reach the room the prisoners are meant to be in, but it's just Imperial officers. The colonel doesn't know about any prisoners, and a woman, appearing from somewhere, affirms this. The woman's olive skin is lined and her black hair is graying. My type. She declares herself the captive and kills the colonel. A firefight breaks out. (laughs) An officer almost kills Charmer after he goes down, but the woman takes him out before he can. Namir ch- tells Charmer to quit moaning because the wound's already cauterized, and what else does he expect? That the wound's gonna bandage itself? Bless you. <laughs> a firefight breaks out. No, I already read that. While Bran secures the room, Namir asks who the woman is. She's governor of Valley Chalice of Hydoral Prime, emissary to the Imperial Ruling Council, and artist in residence, so she probably made the busts. She wants to join Twilight in exchange for asylum. Before Namir can shoot her, Gadrin appears and knocks her out with a stun bolt. They'd lost contact and he was worried. Gedrin, is her first name evil? No. Her fir- her name his her name is Every Chalice. Every it's a Valley Chalice. chalice. Every Chalice. Every Chalice. Because she's an artist. She probably makes yeah. lots of chalices. So many chalices. Every one of she them perhaps. Every, every chalice. How every chalice many chalices in the galaxy is made by every her. chalice. <laughs> Gedrin picks Chalice up to take her to Hal. Oh, the dream. to be gone of this world. Ah, <laughs> uh, Chalice is already winning this book. I'm so mad. I'm got so to be jealous. Held by a Dexter Jester. <laughs> Planet Solist, day 85 of the Mid Rim Retreat. As Dust Solist, of woo! It, yeah, right? Good yeah. place. I guess because it's also it's in Battlefront. <laughs> well, I like it because we, we know it and we know a hero from it, but it's not Corellia. Yeah. yeah, and also it's an alien planet, which is nice. Also, nice. I think sh- they bring it back in Battlefront Two. Shriv yeah, mentions so. the events of Twilight yeah. Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as dust falls over Pinyum, the people Pinyum return- Pinyum, the people return to the cave city from the surface factories or head out for the night shifts. Thara Niend doesn't linger or look for familiar faces. Can you- who's who's the grizzly bear here? Huh? Who's the grizzly bear? What? Stop putting your name in my notes. What? <laughs> Whoever keeps clicking what? and hiding, hiding what, what I'm reading. What is happening right now? Oh, oh! In the <laughs> oh, notes, it's me. I'm the sorry. Ash. <laughs> Ash. Who is the grizzly? I was like, I don't remember this in the book. Who? I, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just None trying to follow the notes. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Just 
click like at the start of the thing instead of at the end. It's okay, Alice. Don't worry about this. It's fine. This has been <laughs> Google Doc etiquette with Saf and Ash. <laughs> oh boy, Thara <sighs> doesn't nod. No, she does nod. Thara does nod at a squad of stormtroopers, even though she ignores everyone else. She descends steps to an unmarked cantina, calling out to her uncle that she's here to spoil him. He says that she's spoiled, working half as long as everyone else, but getting paid twice as much. Yeah! Oh, I wonder what, what she does. What's that about? Yeah, what, what could she possibly be doing? Capitalism. Mm, just she's just living on. her best life. Yeah. Is she? That's she true. I, I'm kind of jealous, to Is be she? honest. <laughs> we'll see if we continue to be jealous. I'm not jealous. <laughs> she drops her bag on a table. It's got medical supplies, extra food credits, mask filters, and more. Some people thank Thara, others don't even look at her. As her uncle dolls out presents, she goes behind the bar and starts repairing a fluid valve. She overhears talk about the Cobalt Laborers Reformation Front. Unionists. In her opinion, aka the Imperial's opinion, they are terrorists, and would have done better just talking about safety procedures and factory conditions. What a bootlicker. Thara, what a bootlicker. <laughs> what a bootlicker. <laughs> My god. The people are talking about their kids not knowing war like the Clone Wars, and this is a better alternative, even though the kids don't know. They better hope that the rebels don't come there, because it'll get worse. A Celestin, an old Celestin dude, loudly disagrees. This isn't peace, they're all slaves. Num said the truth, that the Empire runs in the blood of their grandchildren. Thara's uncle makes the Celestin sit down and shut up before a fight starts. And everyone's looking at Thara, so she leaves. She heads straight to work and starts pulling on her uniform. She slowly removes the clothes of Thara Nyend of Sullust and dons the armor of SP-475 of the Imperial 97th Stormtrooper Legion. No, <sighs> Thara. Mm-hmm. But Sullustans are heroes. They are mm-hmm. heroes. Nine Nub is a hero. It's and true. so is this old guy who's trying his best. Yes. I think this book better than any other does does uh, world building for Nine Nub and Sullust, and so that is one of my favorite aspects, and it's just a little bit now, but um, yeah, I really let's like keep an yeah. eye on Sullust. I really yeah, like what I happened in this it. book. Yeah, I honestly forgot about the whole Sullust subplot. <laughs> That's I, like, where they are. In this chapter, I was like, I know, but I forgot about a lot of it. I forgot about the whole Thara Nian thing. I don't oh. think you get to call it a subplot when it's just <laughs> the plot. It's just I, I don't mean the subplot. Plot. I mean Thara's. Like Thara's thing as well. Like oh, I totally yeah. forgot about her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, espe- uh, I don't know. We don't, that's so far in the end. Anyway. No, no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about Solus more later. Yeah. Contar sector, day eighty five of the mid room retreat. Contar. 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 <laughs> Are we a little bit lesbian mothma there? Sorry. <laughs> Is mystical lesbian. <laughs> so Ahsoka. It sounds yeah, like the- you would chant. Contar, hoo-ha-ha. Contar, hoo-ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. Contar sounds like a mythical being that's like you're trying to summon through your worship. Yeah. 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 And that's where they are now. <laughs> Thunderstrike is far from a luxury ship. Over the years, Twilight Company has stripped it down and reconfigured the old ship so that barely any free space remains. How Chalice Lieutenant Sargon... Chief Medic, Sargon, Von Gies, and Namir. I like the name Sargon. Sargon, are, hoo-ha-ha. Are I really like Lieutenant Sargon. Sargon. I really like Lieutenant Sargon. Yeah. Sargon. Sargon. Lieutenant S. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. Sargon's just a cool name. I, okay, like, I actually do like all of the names 
in Twilight Company. He's good at names. Yeah. Like, these are all names, one, I can more or less pronounce. <laughs> yeah. Two, I have that are, too bad. That are, like, very, like, once you know their names, like, they just fit so well and they stick in your mind. Right? Like, even Chief How Medic Von Gies so is, like, so unique in their name yeah. that, like, it's easy to associate what they're doing with them. It's so good. And how does he, how's Alex Freed so good at every aspect of this? Honestly, this man is too good. <laughs> Alex Freed, come on to our show because we like you a whole bunch. Just, Alex Freed, yeah. just like twirling my hair a little bit. Right. It's like, Alex Freed, we know you're a real big nerd <laughs> from all of your author photos. Like, come on to our show. <laughs> oh, that dude is a massive nerd. Yeah. The Thunderstrike. Oh, I ever said that. Anyways, yeah. Hal, Chalice, Lieutenant Sargon, Chief Medic Von Gies, and Namir are all crammed into Hal's tiny storage unit turned office, and it's very intimate. Nice. But not in a good way. Oh. Namir is here simply as muscle. He's yeah. high-ranking enough to witness these kinds of meetings, but low-ranking enough to not actually be able to do shit about them. <laughs> <laughs> so, sucky position. Sucks. Chalice is lounging in her chair. She points out that her placement was a punishment, not a reward. Since the Death Star's destruction, the Emperor invaders started killing the higher-ranking officials, blaming their incompetence instead of, you know, their own failure. <clears throat> Chalice was exiled only because she'd been smart to limit involvement with the Death Star. Von Gies asked if that's why she defected, but she's like, nah, Yodia, I was still wretched in power there. <laughs> she pulls out brandy and figs to share, and Hal tells her that usually new recruits know better than to share smuggled liquor with senior staff. Have we ever seen an Imperial like Chalice before? Not really. Like she's very one of a kind. I love her so much. She's for so some she reason brings, she brings up brandy and things. Like, when I first read this book, in my head, she looks like uh, Professor Umbridge for some reason. Oh, uh, when I read this book, she looks like uh, Doctor Doctor Halsey from Halo, which Megan <laughs> Megan will understand. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> um, to me, she looks like I have the image in my head, but. I don't remember what it's from. So that doesn't help anybody. But it does not. It does not. It doesn't matter. I don't help anybody. <laughs> she looks like an olive skinned Dr. Halsey in my brain. Not not a white Halsey. But anyways, I love her. I just I love Googled her so Dr. Much. Halsey from Halo and I agree. Thank you. Thank you. She was so I think she was in the Women of the Galaxy book, right? There was like a page for her. Chalice? Yeah, hang on. I'm yeah, gonna grab it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure and was. she looks like this, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm not gonna go grab it. Yeah, no, it's all good. I love her so anyways, she is like specifically my type in sci fi things, and Star Wars does not have enough of women like this. Like, oh my god. I mean, you really could have stopped that sentence at Star Wars doesn't have enough women. <laughs> yeah, also that. Also that. But it's not often that dudes will write like actually visibly older women, like middle aged yeah. or older women who yeah. are like competent, but also right. like multifaceted. And not a um, mom. Oh god, just yeah, strategic genius woman with morally gray like lives are just so it's good. so much harder to objectify them. So <laughs> yeah, right. What what can you do? <laughs> I will say I am pretty impressed with this book so far for the amount of female characters we've seen in the first it's, few chapters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's almost and like just, there's a fifty fifty split. Yeah, and just like how different they all they all they all have been. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm -hmm. Both in like age. Skin tone, build, like as like where they are, like what they do has all been like very varied, um, which is like super yeah. refreshing. And be and it would and be like drink. Oh, 
oh, sorry, it it would just be like really easy <laughs> to write like this hard sci-fi military everyone's you know violence book with like less women in it because like there's such a stereotype mm-hmm. about like who is doing those things like who is on the front line but they're like nah there's ladies don't worry about it okay i'm done now. it's interesting because I'm, I'm gonna briefly duck back into halo but it kind of I think one of the reasons I like this book so much is it reminds me a lot of the Halo novels that I really like. And a lot of the Halo novels, surprisingly, have a lot of female characters who are actually good. Uh mm. wouldn't expect that from that. But every now and then, like, you find I really just love military sci-fi that also has really good female characters who aren't just like mm-hmm. strong lady. Um yeah. Yeah. and Twilight yeah, does I that mean, really well. Star Wars had notoriously had the problem of pretty much every female character being kind of a carbon copy of the other one. Yeah. yeah, they're all like white brown haired chicks who are tough, Oof. but in like the yep. same way, kind of. I mean, yeah. Jin is very different from Leia, but there's a lot of like similar stuff going on there. Similar energy happening there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm gonna talk back, and I'm sassy and strong, um, and like emotional about my family, and yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's very much in the same realm, although like. Maybe their strength skills are different. Yeah. 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 But it's like, take any three given women, they're not going to be, for the most part, even remotely the same. So it's way more realistic in that sense to have a bunch of different types of female characters. Same thing for men, too, but I mean... Women, historically, there's been, like, one archetype that we get. Right, Right. especially in, like, sci-fi, especially in military fiction, like... Yep. Superhero movies, yeah, like... Yeah, yep. Even Freedom puts a lot more depth into his male characters than you often find in Star Wars books as well. Yes, agreed, absolutely. Gadron's this big, big alien dude who can crush people with his hands, and he's, like, the softest of them. Like, really poetic. Yeah, no one is one-dimensional in this book which is really great even the characters they have like one sentence descriptions yeah it's amazing <laughs> as they eat and drink she explains that the moment twilight got to hydoral she was doomed who else would be blamed for the failure of the defenses and twilight stealing all their shit vader doesn't care about explanations she'd just be dead pronto mm-hmm. she wants to make a deal her full cooperation in return for her being rewarded for her brave defection she's not a fleet admiral or anything but she does know the lifeblood of the empire she says, I know the monster the Empire has grown into. I understand its biology. Every hyperlane carries oxygen to its limbs. I know where to pinch to make it sputter and suffocate. Scary. Yeah, she's a little bit terrifying. It's like such a, it's such a dramatic way to just say, pinching. like, I get the inner workings of the Empire. She's an artist. What else do you expect? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's got to put a little flair on that. Yeah. <laughs> she was an advisor preceded by Count Vidian of... A New Dawn, if you've read that book. She doesn't like getting her hands dirty, unlike him. She's all about the big picture. Before Namir can stop her, she pulls herself forward and whispers something in Hal's ear. Namir holds her back and she just laughs. Hal says that he has a lot to think about now and they'll talk later, and Namir feels like he somehow failed in protecting the company. After the supplies from Hydoral are split across the battle group, Thunderstrike joins the Dornian gunship Apollana's Promise. A reference to a Naboo queen who is Maori, I would like to point out. I think. Or Pacifica. Yeah. Anyways, yes. she's from New Zealand. Yes. And it's great. Wait. A ship- I'm a bad what? Star Wars fan. Is Apollana one of the after Queen Amidala queens? Yeah, she's an Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Okay. I think. 
No, I think she's the one in um, Revenge of the Sith, actually, at Abidala's funeral. Oh, okay. I think she's that one. Anyways, Let's good shout out there. Out. Served as the Queen of Naboo during the final days of the Clone Wars. Yes. I was right. Yes. You were right. Yeah, I remembered her outfit and I was like, no, that's a funeral outfit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Apollana's Promise is a ship that Twilight has run with before. The crew of the Promise collectively owns Twilight's shoulders, shoulders, Twilight's soldiers, 50,000 credits. The Promise has two X Wings. Woo! And the two pilots are infamous for never stepping foot on the Thunderstrike. Command hasn't said what the next mission is, so rumors are rife. Namir notes that there are no rumors of imminent victory. Hmm. Fun. Great. Love then it. that means that you should start some, Namir. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You, you That's can start. That's Namir would do. I say, that yeah. does not seem like the type of thing Namir would be doing. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to give his soldiers false hope. One, Namir doesn't really talk to people. <laughs> like, two. Yeah. <laughs> I think he only really talks to his bestie brand. Yeah. And sometimes Gadrin. And sometimes Gadrin. And sometimes Charmer. They've picked up 28 new recruits. Namir, as first sergeant, has to train the 19 who aren't picked up as medic engineer recruit. He explains that he's not there to mother them. They'll have to find someone to take them to the weapons range to practice. All they gotta do to get, like, on the ground is find someone to take them. Nope. Find someone in Twilight Company to vouch for them. But it's not about just shooting. His speech to the new recruits was literally very inspiring it was which was funny because he was not feeling like he was trying to be inspiring no he he wasn't like being real he was like this sucks and we all suck together and they're like yeah for the rebellion yeah (laughs) he said together yeah that's another that's another tagline for rogue pod this sucks but we all suck together (laughs) that's pretty true You're right, you're right. <laughs> so the vouching, another soldier vouching for them isn't just about shooting. If they can't find anyone who will trust them with their lives, then they're outies. He used to try, Namir used to try and train every new recruit, but that was a younger, more arrogant, and in my opinion, optimistic Namir, who didn't yet trust the Twilight veterans. He says, also, you'll probably share a squad with whoever you con into save, saying you're ready. Try not to pick someone you want to strangle. So Namir can make a joke, bless him. <laughs> is he joking though? He is. He is. He actively. It says in the book that he is joking. Okay. He's trying to make everyone feel a little bit better. Everyone laughs nervously except for the redhead from before. She's staring at the wall, her hands vibrating. He asks what she wants to be called, and when she says Roach, he's like, You really want to be called that? You gotta pick a new name. But she wants to be called Roach. He's just glad that she's not another Leia because recruits keep taking the rebel hero names. <laughs> How many layers do you think there are on the Thunderstrike? A lot. The problem is that he says that a lot of the people who choose those kind of things are so enthusiastic that they just die needlessly on the battlefield. Great. Yeah, it's good. He I really want she- a story of somebody after the war who survived and comes up to Han Solo and is like, I'm Han too, I named myself after you. And Han's just like, what the hell? Oh my god, I never thought about that. Han is no, no, like, no, 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 no. Anyone who named themselves after Han, I don't think survived the war. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Oh my god. No, but imagine, imagine like so many people coming up to like Chewbacca and just being like. Yeah, I was just going to say Chewbacca is the one who's going to get all the names. I named my kid mm-hmm. Chewbacca or like all of these other things and Han's just like, what about 
what about what about me? And then Leia's like, we're naming our son Ben. And he's like, what? <laughs> At least Leia wasn't like, ben? we're naming our son Chewbacca. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine! <laughs> Meanwhile, Chewbacca's so like, all these people naming themselves after me is kind of towing the line of a cultural appropriation, but it's endearing, so I'll allow it. Yeah, I like <laughs> yeah. it, so I'll allow it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Namir asks Roach if she's <laughs> read the white book field guide yet. Ben Chewbacca Solo. No, Chewbacca. That's definitely his real name. Chewbacca I've Benjamin definitely Solo. Read a f- <laughs> I've definitely oh God, read a fic where Ben's where middle Ben's, name is Chewbacca. <laughs> Ben's middle name. No, where he his, his first name is Chewbacca and he just goes by his middle name because he can't. People and, get like, confused. Like, I can't live up to Chewbacca. Ben's biggest secret that his first name is actually Chewbacca. (laughs) That's why he has to kill Hux. I don't think he's the one that kills Hux. He's he's not. No. I couldn't remember. The manager from Uh, Spice World kills kills Hux. Oh yeah, him. The creepy guy, yeah. Shadow It's on behalf of Kylo Ren, let's be real. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Namir asks Roach if she's read the White Book Field Guide yet. She has, which shocks him. He asks her a question about it, and she actually answers it. Even he hasn't read it, because it's a fucking waste of time, written by people who aren't in the trenches. The main rules of Twilight are much simpler. Has Namir ever read a book, period? (laughs) I don't know if he knows how to read. I don't think he's ever read a book. Namir is more of a podcast guy. I think Brand has to read books to him, honestly. Aww. And he's like, ugh, I hate this. <laughs> books are so long. And she's like, this is a short book, man. Books are so long. <laughs> she's like, I've read one page. <laughs> the main rules of Twilight are much simpler. When someone gives you an order, you follow it. When someone teaches you something, you pay attention. When someone shoots at you, you shoot back. Twilight Company takes care of its own. A lot of the younger recruits look really iffy about the lack of rules, having grown up in a strict empire with a lot of structure. Namir wraps the orientation up and is the first out of the room, but Roach follows him. He notices she doesn't have any fucking shoes and is like, we need to get her some shoes. (laughs) She lied. Uh, She doesn't actually know how to use a blaster. Namir tries not to smile and says he'll get her sorted. He'd voted her in on Hydoral, so it's the least he can do, trying to keep her alive. Oh, he has such a soft spot for Roach. He's actually he's a, human. He's a sweet man. He's got a golden heart. Like he's so grumpy, but he's got a sweet heart. This is exactly <laughs> my type of character. Like, like I know. Out, like on the outside, a grumpy asshole, but on the inside, just a big cinnamon bun. He's just cinnamon roll. Oh my gosh, Meg, we found it. It only took us a half episode, and we found Ash's. <gasps> we did type. it. We found Ash's type. <laughs> we did it. it beer. We did it. Oh god, I'm so glad for us. <laughs> Thank this, you, Alex. Free this for checks this. out. This checks out. This chick it's awesome. it's himbos and that like that's my mm. <laughs> I do love a good himbo. So does Plo does where does Plo fit on the scale? <laughs> I think Plo's a himbo, right? <laughs> I feel like Plo, I Plo is Plo a bit like. A himbo? I think Plo Coon's a bit of a grump. Like he can't be a grump, but he does have a good heart inside. I feel like oh, he kind of. I never is said definitely a grump. I never said I liked Plo Koon's personality. I just said I was attracted to Plo Koon. <laughs> That's fair. He's got a hot voice. <laughs> so, does this mean Bail Organa's a himbo? <laughs> I 
I mean, he is. He's he's Brayhaw's consort. He's just didn't yeah, look pretty. That's yeah, fair. that's he's fair. He's absolutely just eye candy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love this. I love this so much. It's great. <laughs> is so Plo Koon a himbo? <laughs> we got to ask Dave Filoni. We got we got to ask the show. serious question. We are not getting Dave Filoni on. <laughs> <laughs> We would not be able to. That would be allowed. No. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tweet Imagine. at him though. Wait, no! can we? Can we please? Can we please get like a Dave Filoni impersonator on our show? <laughs> okay, I will allow that. I think I think we might actually get into legal trouble for that, but still, it'd be really fun. It'll just be me in a cowboy hat, like. <laughs> Oh, I want to do this so bad. I want to do a fake Dave and do it. <laughs> and like ask questions about like the rebels and clone wars that are like never been answered. You'd be like, so Dave. But, like have him play it, have the person play it straight too. Yeah, just, of course. Like, Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the God fake Dave. Dave will just be like, listen, the trust tree. I'm letting Rogue Pod <laughs> into this trust tree. <laughs> <laughs> I will lose it. Oh my god. <laughs> so because the ship is like, everything has a use. The brig is the secondary airlock, which means that theoretically they could just vent any prisoners if they wanted to. Great. Howl wouldn't do it, but Namiya makes sure that's kept secret. <laughs> Only Howl and his top-level staff ever meet with Chalice, keeping her identity a secret from the rest of the crew for a while, but where it gets around. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry, um, I have the Rogue Podrick account, Twitter account on alert, so I immediately oh, no. see all of the tweets that get tweeted. Oh no! What got tweeted? At Dave Oh Lowe my god! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I really want to see the answer to this, so I'm excited. I'm honestly excited. You have too much power, Danny. <laughs> One guy tries to kill Chalice because she killed his pet, which is fair enough. Yeah. So Namir says he'll get a guard to shoot the guy if he tries again. Great. The squad and some others play cards and talk about Chalice. Gadrin thinks that she deserves pity now. Twitch thinks that she's not so powerless with the captain's ear. Roach asks Gadrin about his past, and he explains that the Empire sold his kin as slaves to the huts, and Twilight saved his life. Mm-hmm. Ajax makes a joke about basilisks. <laughs> <laughs> and Namir corrects him that Gadrin is Corellian, and Gadrin is like, ah, Corellia is a human world, and sure, it's my home, but I am actually a basilisk. A Dexter Jetster. It says right here in the show notes. No, I'm saying the shorter word because I'm a Kiwi, and you cannot do this to me. <laughs> so, we're getting, like, lots of good backstory about the Dexter Jetsters, but my biggest question is, when Gadrin plays cards, does he hold the cards in all four hands? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's so cute. Absolutely. That's really cute. Namiya's trying his best, but he hasn't really had any actual education about, like, literally anything except shooting. Yeah. So he's tried his best to get over the humiliation. He doesn't, like, to his credit, he's like, okay, you're right. And he doesn't he doesn't try and, like, be defensive about it. He just has right. to kind of get over his humiliation and right. be chill. See, yeah. lesson he's for everybody out there. When someone be corrects like you, just listen and accept that you did wrong, even if it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's cool. You like Namir. Yeah. But that, Roach like, finally oh, shares... just that part about Namir. Other things about yeah, Namir don't be like that. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't entirely be like Namir. Not a great, not a great plan. 
<laughs> Roach finally shares her grudge against the Empire, which is that she spent six months in an Imperial detention center, which must fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Brand says that she's here because she had a bounty on Hal, but then she changed nice. her mind. <laughs> Namir slips away while they're all distracted because he needs a break. Yeah. It takes him a while to notice Brand following him. They argue about Hal, which is a normal argument for them. And Bran warns him that things are going to get a lot worse now that Chalice is here. And it is very clear that these two are best friends. And I love them so much. Besties. This is my platonic OTP. My plotp, if you will. Plotp? My plotp. <laughs> no, my imaginary relationship with Plo Koon is my plotp. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's not the definition of a plotp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a surprise attack gets the Thunderstrike and Apollana's promise in the middle of a night shift a few days later. Namir hates the crew because they have something to do in an evil situation like this and he's helpless. The hole gets breached near the airlock and Namir heads out to check on ha- Chalice because it's an excuse to do something other than wait. Everything is on fire and Chalice's guard is unconscious. Namir realizes he might not even have the codes for the airlock and that he might just burn to death for nothing, but thankfully he does. Chalice is just chilling out in her room, and she's like, dude, did you have to open the door? Like, now I'm going to die by fire instead of suffocation. (laughs) (laughs) And Namir's like, I came here to help you. She's like, I don't need your help, bitch. She's like that, but she's just like, this is the same time you've come to rescue me, you know? Like, wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. (laughs) Chalice thinks he, they, yeah. Chalice thinks that they're being attacked by Imperials. That's not what I did. That's what I did. They won't be able to make it back through the fire, so Chalice suggests opening the airlock and holding on for dear life. Unfortunately, the guard is unconscious, so she won't survive that, so instead he locks him into the brig and hopes for the best. Chalice thinks that they're being attacked by Imperials who don't want her spilling secrets like Sibo, call out to rebels, and she honest to god thinks that Vader will be coming after her. <laughs> Namir doesn't give a shit about Vader, and he'd rather die than hear about Vader slaughtering rebels. Big mood. Big Big mood. mood. <laughs> Chalice picks up on him not seeing himself as an actual rebel. He makes a rude gesture he picked up from their previous comtech at her, and she just laughs. Namir spends days recovering from his burns. He gets a little while in the back to tank, which is great, and then he has to lie there for days after that, dealing with his burns, which sucks. Fucking Chalice was, of course, totally fine. Of course. And there was no evidence it was Imperials chasing her. On his release, he goes to visit Captain Mika Yvonne, which is Captain Howling Mad Yvonne. Mm. I love that name. The greatest mind Namir has ever fought with, but fucking crazy. He believes that Hal is responsible for some of his friends' deaths, which I guess is part of the role of being a captain, which, yeah. not great. Howl gets all Phyllis Howl. I have to say that Howl as the nickname, hot. Also the name Captain Mika Yvonne, hot. And then he's yeah. like this fucking philosophical dude. And I'm like, oh, you're insufferable. Fucking philosophical crazy genius. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. Tactical genius. I think my type is just tactical genius. I am just not about that. They're going to well actually me whenever I say something stupid. And I just don't want to live He like life. starts talking about some fucking like wild religion that talks about time and shit. And Namir's like, can you just, can you stop? Oh my like, God. What's the terrible word I... that I learned last year that is like where you were. Sapiosexual. Sapiosexual. Captain Howell totally describes himself as being sapiosexual. I don't think he's, I don't think he's, he's just, I feel like he's I in would love with his command post. I feel I would bone him, but like tell him to shut up all the time. 
Like, there would be no cuddles afterward if he's gonna talk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he starts bringing up some time travel stuff, and I'm like, gotta go. I'm on, like, it's my duty roster time. Sorry. <laughs> gotta leave. Hal gets all philosophical, and Namira's like, my god, must you? <laughs> yes. He wants to dump... Namira wants to dump Chalice in case Vader or Captain Dirt Farmer after her. Howl is like, what a name. You are not a bright man. No, actually, but I imagine that's what he's thinking. Yeah. Howl considers her Twilight Company's responsibility now because literally nobody else in the battle group is equipped for this. Like, no, none of them are. So he's not going to, like, ditch their responsibility onto someone else. The Rebel Alliance is falling apart and Hal thinks he's found an edge with her because Chalice has promised to assemble a schematic of the Empire's entire logistical network. Or so they hope. Dun dun dun. And so that's 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 the start of Twilight Company. Good book. Good. Oh god, it's <laughs> so good. It's so that's good. my only comment. What's, I had what's so really good. incredible is how both Twilight Company and Alphabet Squadron are like, like very much a look at life in the trenches but the tone and the feeling and that like the the uh the mood of both those books is just so different mm. twilight yeah. company really gets the whole like gritty realism thing without being like gritty realism about it you twilight know? company the book is what i thought rogue one the movie was going to be when they were constantly yeah. describing it as star wars but a war movie yeah mm. yeah which like love rogue one not really any more of a war movie than any of the star wars films yeah no. like I think part of what Twilight Company does so well is, like, it is, like, realism, people die, and it's quite dark. Um, but it's also very much about, like, the human center of all of the characters and, like, their actual emotions. Like, mm-hmm. there's an emotional core to the book, more so than, like, what people usually want. Like, generic, boring Star Wars fans usually want, and they're like, I want a gritty Star Wars movie. Yeah, because I think, like, the core of every Star Wars story, the only reason anybody really gives a crap about it is because of the characters. It's like, yeah. if a bunch of people are just dying for no reason, it doesn't really click like you have to make the only reason like we care about soldiers on the ground is because freed makes us care about them very quickly yeah. too which is pretty impressive. and i care about them all so much like <laughs> his little squad i'm just like oh god i love them all so much yeah i would die for them <laughs> um so last week's listener question was compose an email darth venner sent out to all staff <laughs> uh this one's from dylan oh we still have to do this we do oh we do yeah <clears throat> I think it would just be, like, he'd accidentally send out, he'd want to send an email to Palpatine about him lying about Luke being his son, but he accidentally sends it to the entire Empire. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) That's why you don't have, like, the listservs that are too close to someone's email address. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, It's dangerous. It's dangerous. So I I think he sent out a memo after Krennic came to him in Rogue One. To, like, all Imperial staff, just, but only just, like, like, he made it seem like it was an important update about the meeting, but it really, like, like, three or four times in the course of the text, he says, and then I said, don't choke on your aspirations, director. So he just, like, he really, like, he didn't get the reaction out of Krennic that he wanted, so he, like, right. just really wants to make sure that, like, everyone knows that he made this hilarious joke. So funny. Um, mine would be a calendar invite. <laughs> to the 181st that's the stormtroopers right yeah that's the that's the ones in um alpha squad 
But like Vader's elite troops. Is that the... No, the 501st. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 501st. 501st, that's him. Yeah. He's sending out a brunch invitation to the 501st because it's his birthday <laughs> and nobody shows up. Oh, <gasps> oh no. Yeah. Oh, he's going to kill him Darth later. Vader origin story. Yeah. He, I think he made reservations old, at a cafe like that held hands. like oh my god you know what is how big is his troop like 127 people and yeah mm-mm, not good yeah Vader didn't truly know the dark side until not a single stormtrooper showed up for his birthday party <laughs> it was like you know it was his first birthday since he founded the 501st and like he wanted to make sure that like they were all jiving together and like get to know each other better so we felt like you know it's his birthday it's celebration like it's brunch so we can get a little you know a little crazy on mimosas and stuff and like let their helmets down and things but no one no one showed up and like the worst part is that he later found out that it isn't that they all just like collectively forgot because they were all getting brunch together at dexter jester steiner down the road (laughs) oh no It was really, it was really bad. Yeah, it's rough. God, no wonder he's so mad all the time. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yep, that's why. <laughs> so, in my opinion, because he's got those, like, big gloves and, like, big hands, he can't actually type properly. So he was trying to, like, send reply to Palpatine and then actually hit reply all. And then his message is just, like, nonsense because it's what autocorrectors tried to pick up from him like <laughs> typing shit in with his big hands and then it's it's sent like halfway through the message so he hasn't even like signed it off properly because he accidentally pressed send and it's sent to everybody and it's just embarrassing for him because everyone's seen this mistake yes good i like it all like four it. of the emails that we described were the anakin skywalker darth vader by the way <laughs> yeah yes. of course yeah. nelly portman darth vader would have figured out how to use voice to text by now yeah, for sure. Um, so <laughs> totally lost my train of thought. So Dylan said from Lord Dot Vader at Imperial dot gov to Imperial to Imperial dot staff at Imperial dot gov. Re holo conferencing tips. Reminder: It is Imperial <laughs> policy to turn on your cameras during holo conferences. Voice only calls lose important nuances of communication, like dis- disciplinary gestures. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure this is an email we've all got in the last couple of weeks. Oof. (laughs) Verbatim. Yeah. Mika, two subordinates, read the following with a mechanical breathing sound, all approximately 3.5 syllables. Oh my god. (laughs) I'll do do the breathing sound. You do the breathing, okay. (laughs) After frequent inquiries... I have to clarify that the ongoing Naboo virus is no excuse to stay off duty. In case you hadn't noticed, the work uniform already includes face masks, so further safety measures will not be needed. <laughs> However, due to obvious, pre- obvious pre-existing conditions on my end, I will self-isolate my meditation chain oh, no. <laughs> and wish not to be disturbed. Un- unscheduled conference calls may cause severe shortness of breath unrelated to the pandemic in the initiators. <laughs> Dismissed Lord Vader's, Vader's castle, Mustafar. <laughs> That's real good. Amazing. Oh, oh fair God. point, Darth Vader. Oh. Fair point. <laughs> um, Bentham's podcast said Vader cannot be bothered to send his own emails. His decrees are handed down by minions, but there are serendipitous email chains where officers circulate advice on surviving encounters and what the latest thing someone died for is. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's smart though. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. 
And then that one officer accidentally CCs Darth Vader when they meant to be, like, writing about Darth Vader in the subject of the email, and then he gets, like, the whole chain of replies. Right, because all of the replies are, oh, no. Oh, they all die then. Yeah. Uh, Suarez said Darth Vader would send an email to his staff asking them for each of their favorite coffee orders so he could know what to make everyone with his freshly bought mocha pot and French press for the next staff meeting because he wants to foster a welcoming workplace. <laughs> this seems like a fake Darth Vader. This yeah, is this just is, what this is Natalie Portman Darth order. Vader. Yeah. This is slightly nicer Darth Vader. Which is not Darth Vader any of us respect. Dear Darth Vader, I would like an ice triple shot mocha. Thank you. Regular milk is fine. <laughs> This is, I think this is Lego Darth Vader, actually. Yeah, it seems like I don't like respect it. that Darth Vader. I know That's how you right. feel you about You didn't really that like Darth that one, Vader. did you? Yeah. He um, was just a weird Darth Vader. Yeah. Short. Very short. <laughs> uh, dinner leader said, to all Imperial Navy staff, my repeated direction that fog machines are to be placed in every hangar bay and bridge and conference room door have been continually ignored. This is your final <laughs> reminder. Demotions will commence next week. Thank you for your continu- your continued commitment to a teamwork-focused workplace. <laughs> <laughs> teamwork-focused workplace was very difficult to say. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for your continued commitment to a teamwork-focused workplace. <laughs> Dinner, have you had to write that email recently? Just say. <laughs> this was just a copy pasta. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and Liam said, to all Imperial folks, if you mess up, I will choke you, so watch the fuck out. Not love, Darth Vader. Oh. <laughs> I respect that. Damn. Short and to the point. That's what I'm here for. I feel like this is from Natalie Portman, Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is... I can hear Natalie Portman saying this it's in my so head. Direct. If you mess up, I will choke you. <laughs> <laughs> These are the stakes. Let's get this shit done. Right. <laughs> Yo- oh. And Yubsy said, All staff, timesheets are overdue. If you don't fill it out, we just won't pay you. If you claim any overtime, we will choke you. V. this is like that crappy professor you have (laughs) he's just like your online exams are due at 11 59 pacific standard time tonight if you turn them in at midnight they will not be graded i think i think just deglo rios to everyone this week (laughs) great Wow, I can't believe we're stealing Rice Podron shtick. Yeah. How rude of us to steal How, yeah. a shtick <laughs> from Rave Podron. The long running award winning podcast, Rave Podron. <laughs> we haven't won any awards, and it makes me very sad. Hey, at we least were... all of us have gotten glistening bodies. Okay, that's an award. We have. That's true. This week's gl- this week's glistener question is: What would you do if you had two extra arms slash hands? <laughs> I need to think about this. I have to think of a really good answer. Yeah, I do too. This I play two guitars at the same time. Of oh, course you would. Showing off. <laughs> of course you. Would. What else would I do? Right. Or you'd play, like, guitar with one hand and, like, drums with the other two. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I don't need a band. I have two these two extra arms. Play piano with my feet. 
I would deny that I know Ash twice as hard as you do. You don't need extra arms for that. (laughs) Yeah, but I I could. That's what I need them for anyway. Just make four hands do the, oh no, I don't know that. (laughs) No, never. That person playing two guitars with their four hands never met her. Never met her. I could hold, I could cradle Spud in my two lower hands and then do stuff with my top two hands. And are, your, be holding Spud. are your two lower hands smaller than your no. top hands? Okay. I have to cradle Spud with both my arms because he's okay. a heavy boy. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. He's a heavy boy and he likes to lie on both of my arms. Like, he, he loves it. That's good. Which which pair of arms slash hands, we should clarify for our listeners, which pair is the is the extra pair? Is it the upper or the lower? The or lower. like the left or the right? At least right? for me. For me, it's lower because lower. torso. Okay. So like you I get mean, to you keep choose. the ones that are coming off your shoulders and you have like two extra arms coming out of like your your waist region. I guess yeah, I would think... Want two extra arms to be. I would think they would be like right under, like at the natural waist, right? Like right under now where... I, now if, I'm Googling if, Dexter Jester. If you're a person who wears a bra, it'd be like right under where the bottom of your bra sits. Oh yeah, because yeah, you need yeah, like space for the shoulder blades. Yep. Yeah, like that. Kind of like an extra shoulder blades on top of your neck. Natural waist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Because they still have to be but, arms, right? Like I feel like if they're coming out of your hips, are they? I guess if they look like arms, this is very confusing. <laughs> they're still arms, unless you walk on them. They're not legs, I don't think. Mm, okay, but okay, this is my answer. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> okay. I, I don't want two extra arms. I would like two tentacles um, coming out where my extra arms would be. And I would I'm do... I'm sorry. The question wasn't, <laughs> what would you replace your two extra arms slash hands with no, that's so you could be. live out your biggest and best fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's just, that's what, my, that's what the answer is. That's what my answer is. But would like, you... If I had two extra arms slash hands, <laughs> I would cut tentacles. them both off and then... <laughs> sew on some tentacles and then I would hold a giant egg with my new tentacle arm slash hands. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She's rogue leader. Are you gonna stop her? Yeah. I guess not. Are you gonna are you gonna stop me from having two tentacles attached to my body? <laughs> no. Couldn't that's the that person that tries to stop you from having two tentacles. <laughs> yeah. God help body. that person. God. It's not gonna end well for them. <laughs> Great. So listeners. You can answer our question at Rogue Podron on Twitter. You can email us roguepodron at gmail.com. Our website is roguepodron.com. Oh, shit. Hang on. <laughs> no, it is. Me. It's roguepodron.com. It is roguepodron.com. It is. That wasn't what I was I promising. Here we go. Okay. Help Seth achieve her dream of meeting a space seal, also known as a spiel, by pledging to our Patreon at patreon.com slash roguepodron. Subscribe via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google, or any of your other favorite podcatchers. Rate and review us on iTunes because it makes us feel good and also it helps other people find us, uh, which is, you know, a good idea. <laughs> um, how much money does it cost it- to me to spiel? <laughs> I don't know, but we're going to find out. Isn't oh, okay. a spiel a Pokemon? No, spiel is a Pokemon. Spiel, spiel. is a space seal. <laughs> My mistake. Forgive me. <laughs> I know my seals. <laughs> <laughs> and we have no reviews today, which makes me very sad. 
We are so hungry. We're all in isolation. Give us some food. Our groceries ran out like four days ago. <laughs> Look, I know y'all are in isolation. You have time to write us a review. What else do you have to do? <laughs> Bring joy to lives. Write us a review. Meg. Oh, it's me. Sorry. I was looking at a picture <laughs> of a dog. <laughs> um, I finally bought alcohol for the quarantine, so that's why we're like this tonight so next time on road padron slash twilight padron battlefront star wars battlefront twilight company by alexander freed chapters five through eight and with that this is rogue padron signing off pash out I feel like Himbo would be a good dog name. I would absolutely name a dog Himbo. Because they're big and dumb. Yeah, I think you killed Ash again. <laughs> <laughs>